0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. doesn't mean that you should pile out of here and not come to my share anymore. Because the truth is, come on, what's the screen, you know? in life is real life. But we are, we are on live, and um, I'd like to welcome Montreal. They're all clapping up in Montreal. Uh, especially Libby, who put this together. So um, they're up in Montreal watching, I think in a shul somewhere or in someone's house. And I know that Detroit, uh, where I was two weeks ago... They also have a group of women watching it. And now that it's live, we're hoping that every Wednesday night um, this year will be across the United States and pretty much across the world. Emetzah Hashem. Um, before we get to Nancy, which we will in a moment, um, we'd like to wish Malki Pollock, Where are you, Malki? A mazel Tov. Yay. She got engaged this week. She's here somewhere. Yay. No curtsy? Okay, where are you? She said Mazel tov and she got shy. Okay. Um, and Saha Lazari, Mazel tov to her. We're on a roll. She's also shy. Okay. Um, just a couple of announcements, then we'll start with the poem. So, um, first of all, Mirza Hashem, January 7th is our Shabbaton. Um, 48 hours of spirituality, happiness, music, singing. Um, we have Chazanim, we have a choir, we have Lipa, um, we have a lot of other things. We have Shurim, and you know the whole Friday night, ask the rabbi. Um, today I came up with a new idea Avivit doesn't even know about it um, I think we're going to do an hour Shabbos by day Where you get a chance to ask the Rebbitson When I say the Revitsen, I mean the wives Of all the teachers in nava. So you can, you'll be able to ask um, Mrs. Wallerstein, she's watching this right now She's like, no um, And Mrs. Miller and, and Skaist and, and Rabbi Lamb And I mentioned it to someone today And she said, I'm going to be there And I'm going to ask the first question And I said, what's going to be your first question? She says, I want to know from all these women what they think when their men are speaking to all those girls. So I'm like, okay, well, whatever. We'll see what, we'll see what my wife says about that. Anyway, it should be, should be very, very, very interesting. And, um, but to, to, to enjoy this Shabbos, you have to be there. Now we have a problem in our that everybody waits till the last minute no matter what we're doing. And um, whether it's um Malkeinu or anything else. It just makes it if you're gonna come anyway, Mitch Shem you will, it just makes it very hard on the staff and the hotel, you know, to to, to, to make the right arrangements. We want everyone there. We're inviting this year um, the the women that watch us in Detroit and in Cleveland. And in LA, and in Montreal, and in Lakewood, and in Muncie. Um we, we don't just want—we want the Brooklyn girls, of course. We want the women that are in this room, but we want to really put together a group of women from all over the United States, all over the world. I know there's someone coming in from England, so it's—it's um, it's really a very special Shabbos. And um, you talk to Avivit. You can—you can register online. You can call seven one eight or Nava. Um, there's many ways, to, you know, to to reserve. For this shabbos, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it it's, it makes me feel good about what I do a whole year to see that people come for the you know for the shabbaton. So we expect to see you all. We're also um, on Torah anytime. I found out that a month there are fifteen thousand hits on my on just my Wednesday night share. There are fifteen thousand people a month that watch this shiro. Um On Kolleloshon, there's about five thousand. So that's twenty thousand people across the world that listen to, to Wednesday night cheer and of course there are a lot of other shirim on, on Torah Anytime and a lot of other shirim on Kol Alashin so I did the math and I said like this if every single person that watched my shir would give one dollar one dollar a month for listening to that cheer, that would be $20,000 a month that would be $240,000 a year that would help us very very much so um, whoever can help us we really need help Uh, The more time I have to spend raising money to pay for Ornava, the less time I have to prepare my shiram. So by you helping us, you're helping me prepare my shir, and therefore you'll get credit for all the Torah that's being spread across the world. A dollar, that's a quarter a week, a dollar a month. Of course, if you can give more, we'd very much appreciate that. But you know, all the years I asked, like, what are the what are the women of our nava want? Everyone said to me, we don't feel that we belong to something. We don't feel we belong to something. We come in, we go to a share, we leave. So I came up with this brilliant idea of a membership, our nava membership. And being a member gets you off in all these stores and all these different places. Helps us with our shidduch initiative. And I'm like, okay, they want to belong to something. We'll have a membership. We have registered names in our nava three and a half. 4,000 names. 4,000 names, excuse me. So I said, okay, if a 1,000 girls register and become members, right? So first of all, that'll raise us $75,000. Plus, they're going to feel like they have a card. It's a beautiful card with a butterfly. and do a card. Plus, they're going to all these stores, and they're going to save all this money. So we had this little vikuach in the office. How many people do you think are going to become members? I said 1,000 to 1,500. Somebody else said less than a thousand. Somebody said, nah, it's not going to happen, 500. So, Baruch Hashem, we launched this membership on Erev Yom Kippur at the Avino event. And to this date, of those 4,000 people that have been in Ornava, we have, Baruch Hashem, 75 members. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi Wallstein is not looking. No, no, a little bit more. We have 25 members that are. My daughters, my wife, my cousin, her, 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 her cousin, her mother—real, real members. I'm, I'm real. We have 75. So I don't even know anymore what anybody wants. You want to be part of our novel? Or you want it to be so? I need lomevin. I don't understand. Right now I'm looking very silly in my office because I wasn't the guy who said 100. Somebody said man, 100 to 100. So we're asking for your help. Um, we're not asking for a lot of money. We're asking for a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is. Um, we're not begging. It's very hard for me to do this. I haven't done this. But LaMaisa, I'm spending too much time. Um, the way I raise money for Anava today is I go and I speak and play all over the place. And I'm not such a youngster, and to fly around the United States to speak, to get paid for speaking so the money goes to Anava, is a little bit wearing me down. So, so the more you help, the less I have to fly, the more I could sit with all the midrashim and things... An exciting Torah that I could teach you. And, and that therefore, you will be part and parcel of every single share that we give. Okay? That's the first and the last time that I will ever speak about raising it, raising money from the girls and women of Arnava. It's not something I want to do, but if I can't ask you, who can I ask? Strangers? So, we need some help. If you can help us, fantastic. Absolutely. You want to say something?
1: Yeah, just that you could do it on okay. Arnava.com. And if you are interested in doing something on a monthly basis, even if it's a dollar or if it's a $100 on a monthly basis, it won't hurt you. If you give me your credit card number, I can have it happen automatically. You won't even notice it. And you'll be doing... Unless I
0: problem. go shopping on it. but well, we'll let you know. If no, I no. That.
1: If you give me your credit card, I can put it into the system. It's private
0: enough. Okay, so that's it. I'm not going to discuss... We're not going to talk about it anymore. You know, I, I, I think I think the membership thing is, is the nicest thing because Ornava gets helped. You're part of you have a card. You're on a membership list, and there's so many stores that you can really that are that are good stores that you can really save money. Okay, Nancy. Now that I got them all riled up, um, we're going to ask Nancy to say her poem, which I hear you were going to say last week, but I wasn't here. You didn't want to say it when I wasn't here, okay. right? I didn't.
1: Right.
0: Okay. Yeah, Rabbi Brody. You were here for Rabbi Brody last week. I hear that he was amazing. Yeah. Right, Not okay. As amazing as you. Oh, thank you, Nancy, thank you. That's why I let you read your poems. Okay, go ahead.
1: Um, good evening, everybody. Uh, I wrote this poem, as some of you know, I'm um, um, blossoming in my Yiddish pipe, right? and it's a recent thing for me. And I wrote this poem in honor of Shabbat.
0: Hold on one second.
1: Meditating on a Sabbath candle, she focused the potent energy between her turquoise eyes upon a simple flame around which sat seven others. It vaporized, changed colors in the light, expanded, exploded in her head, flickered up and down, went in and out as if by will, almost escaped the room, disappeared, and suddenly, as if by magic, reappeared. It entered into her heart and became intense passion. It entered again and became her link to the earth elements. It entered again and became a purity of soul force within her, It entered again and was a mourning pyre for her dead father. It entered still again and was a symbol of universal Armageddon. It entered again, and finally she melted into it and became love, this time sending it plummeting through time back to all of them, lightly, as if it could be shared and held, but without burning anyone, her or them, she bench lift. Wow. Wow.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Wow, wow. I told you, when I and the world? Unbelievable. Nancy, I don't know, you're just getting better and better and better. Scary. You didn't read it right? You read it right you read it right ok alright so now just before Shalema, Yosef ben Bela Aaron Chaim ben Leia before Shalema, Abraham Yishari ben Aviva Isaac ben Chana Ethel bas Rona um, I think it's Otna Otna or, Otna ba, um, Bela bas Nachama Chana Ilana Fredel bas Rivka Brachashira bas Ronit Shifra bas Shendel Sara Avigail bas Sara Rezel, Nechama Malia, Bas <laughs> Chana, Machla, Yaakov ben Shoshana, Avraham Moshe, Monechah ben Sarabela, Meir ben Jamie. Miriam, Bas Chana, Galit, Bas Chesia, Adam Baruch ben Noam, Rivka, Bas Rachalea, Nechama, Bas Sarah. Fushlema, Furachial, Bas Hadassah, Brona, Bas Rivka, Slatana, Bas Brona, Marina, Bas Slatana, Yelena, Bas Slatana, Ephraim, Yaakov ben Freda, Maya, Bas Anita, Milya Bas fe, uh, fenya, fenya, feya, fenya, 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 Fanya Fanya Ed uh, Ben Manya, Chana Bat ayela, Ayala, Ayala Basheindol, and Li'ili Nishmat Svi Ben Yitzhak. It looks like Yita Ben Rafal Yita Ben Rafal? Yita Ben Rafal Yita is girl's name. Okay. All right. We're good, Yaakov? Everything's good? Everything's working? Baruch Hashem. Okay. So this week's parasha... Parshas Vayeshev Parshas Vayeshev talks about Vayeshev Yaakov Yaakov had gone through a very tough life he lost Rachel, he fought Esav he fought Lovon he finally had peace and quiet and he wanted to relax well his relaxing meant learning Torah and we all know that he sent Yosef to meet his brothers and I think that Um, This week's parasha is a very important parasha, of course every parasha, but a very important parasha for this dar, specifically for this generation. Bok Hashem, I have a mother-in-law, who I'm very, very close to, and two Shabbatim ago, I had a Shabbaton of my high school in my house. And I've had this before, but I never had my mother-in-law in my house when I had the Shabbaton. And I watched her during Shabbos and realized that there was something bothering her. The whole Shabbos. There was something bothering her. Where I felt the other way around, she should have been like, I'm amazed that you have these girls and that, and that, you know, you're able to make a Shabbos for them and how beautiful it was. And that wasn't what I was getting. But I didn't ask her until two nights ago when she was in my car. And I said, "What was bothering you a whole Shabbos?" And she looked at me and she said, "It's your fault." I said, "My mother, uh, you're my mother-in-law. You're not supposed to say that." Well, what are you talking about? She said, "Why, why are you treating these girls in in such a nice way, even though they're not doing what they're supposed to?" I said, what do you mean? She said, I went through the Holocaust. I was seven years old. They marched me from Poland to Siberia. They took me and put me in a kinder home, a, a little Jewish Hasidish girl who never saw a non-Jew before and threw me into a kinder home, which is an orphanage, with non-Jewish people and... The one day that they let me go out of the kinder home was to go to my young father's Leviah, who died from typhus. My grandfather died. My whole family died. I was left going to Siberia with just my little brother. She said, I had such a rough life. And nobody let me feel sorry for myself. Why are you letting all these girls feel sorry for themselves? Why don't you just tell them to lift their heads and live life? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. She said, this generation, yes, I understand they've gone through hard times. I understand that. But you are killing them. By letting them feel sorry for themselves, they're not going to step up and live life. And I was like, whoa. That's a little bit my psychology. That's a little bit the way Rabbi Wallerstein thinks. I don't reward bad behavior. This week's parsha is the parasha of one of the most abused Jewish children ever written in the Torah. And if we can learn from Yosef HaTzadeh how he was able to overcome what was done to him then I think that every single person can learn how to deal with pain and that's why this is a very very important parasha and I tried to explain to my mother in law that this is a very different generation and she said that's correct you Rabbanim you teachers you who are in Chinuch you are the ones who created this generation she's not 100% wrong So, I would like to look at this parasha together with you and to try to figure out how Yosef HaTzadik was able to become, from the lowest slave in Mitzrayim, the second to the king in Mitzrayim. So let's look a moment at Yosef HaTzadik. His mother died, Rachel Yemenu died in childbirth, when he was a teeny little boy. I don't know the difference in years exactly between Binyamin and Yosef, but they were very little. Maybe Yosef was four years old when she died in childbirth with Binyamin. Maybe a little more, maybe a little bit less. The bottom line is, he was an orphan amongst, amongst all the other brothers who had their mothers. He was brought up as a prince. His father took care of him, I'm not going to say a favorite son, we don't want to say that, but he he made him a casinous possum. He took care of him on a higher level than all the other kids. He was spoiled. A spoiled kid. His brothers, not some Nazis, not some Spanish Inquisition, not some Christians going down to Israel, with, the, with King Richard and wiping out the whole world in the name of Christianity. That's not, that's not who threw him into a pit. Who threw him into a pit with his own brothers, ladies. Could you imagine your brothers and sisters taking you and throwing you into a pit of snakes and scorpions where one bite and you're dead. Not, Nancy, not that they just throw him into the pit, but before they threw him into the pit, they took every piece of clove off him. And then they threw him into the pit. Stripped from your clothing by your own siblings, thrown into a pit to die. What bigger abuse can there be? And then when the Akravim and the snakes did not bite him or kill him, at that point, his brother should have said, Miracle! Hashem made a miracle, which means he's a tzaddik, which means we should take him out, put his clothing back on, and make him the king. Anyone else the snakes would have bitten. No. They come up with a master plan. He is not coming back with us. So we're going to sell him as a slave. Never to be seen again. Ladies, this young boy is sold. This tzaddik, this boy who sat and learned 17 years, years—he was only 17 years old at this point, who learned 17 years with Yaakov Avinu, this kadosh, this, this soul that's called Yisoyed. Yusoit is the foundation of Judaism. Yusoit means in, 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 that a person is kulaitar. He's pure. This boy is now sold as a slave. What is he thinking? What is he thinking after this terrible abuse? I'm going to text on Chavis. If God can do this to me... And my brothers can do this to me. I'm going to smoke on Shabbos. I'm going to text on Shabbos. I'm going to eat treif. I'm going to take off all my clothing and change it to Gaiusha clothing. I'm going to listen to rap music. I'm going to get on Facebook. I'm going to get on the internet. I'm done with Judaism. That's Judaism, my own brothers. It's not Goyim that sold me or tried to kill me. I'm done with it. what the Medrash says? I'm definitely done with God. How can he do this to me? How can you do this to me? My mother I don't have. My brothers just try to kill me and sell me. I have no family. If there is a God in this world, and how many times I've heard this from kids who didn't get what they asked their parents from, and that's it, God was, is over with. What did he say? He said, wow. Look how good Hashem is. The caravan... That bought me as a slave. Are spice traders. And therefore. In this terrible thing. That I'm being sold by my brothers. To to the Goyim. Hashem. Picked a caravan. That wasn't selling leather. Or um, neft. How do you say neft? Um, Kerosene. They used to sell kerosene. Which stunk. But Hashem because he's watching me all the time, even though my brother sold me, thank you, Hashem, that, I'm, that I was sold to spice traders. He didn't feel sorry for himself. He didn't say, I'm getting rid of God in Judaism. He looked at, in his being sold as a slave, oh, there's something good. Hashem didn't forget me. They're selling spices. At least I'm going to smell good. I don't have to sit in a caravan until Mitzrayim, getting nauseous from, from smelling from, from leather or from kerosene didn't feel sorry for himself now he comes down to Mitzrayim now it's a little bit deep what I'm about to go into I'll try to explain it as best as possible when Hashem created the world Adam had every soul his soul had every one of our souls in it he was a soul, his body and his soul were, it says from the earth till the sky, that's how big he was. And in him were all the souls of all the human beings that were ever supposed to be in this world. After Chava gave him to eat from the tree, he separated from her because of the Avera that she caused him to do for a hundred, I believe, if I remember correctly, for a hundred and thirty years. During those hundred and thirty years, He did a sin. That sin was so big that his neshama shattered into shards, like a glass that breaks, into little pieces. And Mashiach cannot come until the body, the soul of Adam is reunited with all its pieces and it becomes one. So from the time of Adam until now, all our neshamas that come back in Gilgul and come back and get perfected are all being reattached to the body or the soul of Adam HaRisham. And therefore, the generation that we're in right now is called Ikhfa de Meshicha. Ikfa de Meshicha means the heels of Mashiach. What does that mean? Why are we called the heels of Mashiach? And the answer is that the body is built. The body of Adam is built. The Shem of Adam is built. All that's left to fix are the bottom of the heels of his feet. And when the bottom of the heels of his feet are going to be fixed, Mashiach will come. The problem is that all the generations before us who have fixed from the head till the feet cannot stand unless the heel is fixed. So it brings down in Chazal, it brings down in the Zayah, that the generation, the last generation before Mashiach will get the credit of all the other generations. Because without the heel, Adam cannot stand. And therefore, the last door before Mashiach will be by far the hardest. For that door encompasses the rest of the, of the neshama of Adam. In Sefer Gulgulim, in the Chidol, also it's brought down, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to fix this broken Adam, so to say, and put all these shards together in the Dar of Noach. But the Dar of Noach didn't get it together, as we know, and they were destroyed. Those Neshamas, the people all died. The Neshamas went up to Shemayim. They had to come back in Gilgul. They came back in the Dor HaFlagah, where they tried to build... The, the Tower of Babylon, to, to uh, the heavens, and Hashem destroyed them again. Those Nishamas came back down in the city of Sodom. And those Nishamas, again, they were brilliant. They made their own laws, but of course they were way off. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu once again destroyed Sodom and Amorah, where all these Nishamas were. And then the Chidah says, and the, and, and the Sefer Gugulim, and the Zayar says, that the Nishamas finally came back, and all these Nitzutzim, they're called. Nitzutzim are sparks or DNA tags, whatever you want to call them. All these Nitzitzis of Adam ended up in Mitzrayim. And therefore the Jews had to go into Mitzrayim and get all the Nitzitzis of all those Nishamos and take them out of Mitzrayim and bring them to Har Sinai be Makabel the Torah, and then Mashiach was supposed to come. And the plan was perfect. And we know that when they were Makabel the Torah, their neshomis left them, their Nishamas came back, and at that point, they were back to the original Adam. How do we know this, girls? Because it says that they weren't going to die. There was no more Misa in the world, which is the beginning of Adam before he ate from the Eitzadas. But what did they do? They fell to the ego. And after the Agel, once again, the Nitzitzis were all over the place and all these diarists that were in Golis, Roman and Greek and Persia and Russia and America and everything that we're going through is all to get these Nitzitzis back. The first one to go into Mitzrayim to put this together was Yosef Hatzalik. He was the one to start putting Adam back together again without him we couldn't do it the ne- nemesis of Yosef Sadik, as we're about to see was Aisha's potipha the wife of potipha the chidah, which we're going to learn inside tells us who this woman really was now we know we know that Aisha's potipha oh, I'm on top I'm sorry we know that asia's potipha was the most beautiful woman in the world we also know that Yosef was the most beautiful man in the world. Who was Esh's Potiphar? So I want to read from inside. I know I usually lose my crowd when I read from inside, but I'm going to do it very fast. And he says the following This is the Seif of Yosef was the one to prepare to put the Mitzaitseis back together. He comes from Yisoid Foundation had he sinned with the wife of Potiphar, the world would have been destroyed. Why? Because the wife of Potiphar, this beautiful woman, was really the Satan. And had he gotten Yosef, who's Yisod, to sin with him, Eshes Potipha, the world would have been destroyed. And it says he did all kinds of tricks to try to get him to do it, but the, the bottom line is that we know that Yosef won out. She wasn't like the other Mitzri women who try to get men to do sins. But she was after her gadal a great prize. To take the Yisoi, this foundation, the Ervasa And then the Jews would have come to Mitzrayim, and they would have been totally lost, they wouldn't have been able to do anything. But Yosef, Ahmad bin Yisoyan Mufla, Yosef was able to stand up to this test, Arkain Walach, that's why he became king, he became Charlotte in, um, he became the, the king in Mitzrayim, and we know that he made every Mitzri Jew, every Mitzri non-Jew, Get a bris Because he was yisoid. The kedusha of the morality of a man. That was his basis. Therefore, he wouldn't even stay in a mitzrayim if the non-Jewish men didn't have a bris milah. So in order to get food from Yosef at Tzaddik, the men who were in mitzrayim also had to get a bris milah. And it brings down later on that in that schus, something, I don't remember what, but the mitzrayim had a schus because of that, maybe that they were allowed to marry Jews or whatever, I don't remember exactly, because they had a bris milah. But that was, it was a, it was a huge war. It wasn't some girl and some guy. It was a war of the world. It was a war to destroy the world or to be in the world. So I think that if we can learn and we can see how Yosef Hatzalik was able to win over her and beat her, then we can understand how to win over our Yetzirah and our struggles. So it says, Yosef, Yosef hurried Yosef went down to Mitzrayim. Going from Yaakov, Avino, and Eretz Yisrael and his brothers to Mitzrayim was a big Uridah. He fell way down coming to Mitzrayim. And Potipha bought Yosef. Says Rashi. To add on to Yosef's problems, Potipha was gay. And he bought Yosef only because Yosef was beautiful. And he bought Yosef for himself. So imagine this Yosef HaTzadik, this Jewish boy, who's on such a high level, comes to Mitzrayim, and some gay guy is buying him to use him. And it brings down that Yosef HaTzadik said to him, I am the, son, I am the seed and the son of Yaakov Avinu and Yitzhak and Avraham. If you even go near me, you'll be destroyed. But if you leave me alone, you will see that you will be greatly rewarded. And Potiphar left him alone. And we see that the next Pasik says that he went down to Mitzrayim. And also the next Pesach tells us how great Potiphar's house was doing. Who cares? That he, was, that he was doing very well. Because Potiphar left him alone, therefore his house, his money, and everything, he and he realized, it says that Potiphar realized that since Yosef came to his house, that everything was going great, he left him alone. But his wife didn't leave him alone. So it says the following. So Yosef, it says, after these things, Batisa Adonov, the wife of his master, lifted up her eyes, O Yosef, Batoma And she said, Lay with me, sleep with me. What's Acha Hadzvarma HaEla? Acha means after this happened, she said this to him. What happened? The Torah doesn't tell us what happened. It says Rashi that Yosef was very beautiful, and he used to look in the mirror and he used to brush his hair. He used to make his hair very beautiful. The satan can't get to us unless we make a little hole for him. The hole that the satan crawled into was that Yosef was busy, listen carefully because it's very important to the shir, with his chitzainius and not at that moment with his pneumius. Chitzainius means with his outwardly look. He was working on his outwardly look instead of what he looks like inside. And the minute the Satan saw that, who was Aisha's potifa, she bothered him every single day, it says. That's the Lushet of the Pasuk. She came and bothered him every single day. The minute you open up a little teeny hole for the Satan, he comes in and he makes you crazy. As I told my boys last night, I don't have a problem with Facebook. You know, this pastor, this priest got up and he's talked about it. Now the whole world's talking about it, right? Wallace is speaking about it for three years. Everyone's like, oh, it's not so bad. Some priest gets up and says that no one can come to my church if he has Facebook. And the whole United States is saying, what a brilliant guy. <laughs> I'm talking about it for three years and people are arguing with me. Okay. Anyway. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with bad pictures on the internet. I don't have a problem with meeting a girl on Facebook. Because I don't have a computer. And I don't have internet. So there's no hole for the Satan in that aspect on the internet that he can get Wallstein, because Wallstein doesn't have internet. If I had internet for business, there's already a Pesach, there's already an opening. He could not bother Yosef Atzaleh until he started brushing his hair. Once he started brushing his hair, he said, Now she's going to bother you. And she bothered him. And he says, the following. La Toma lay with me. Famous word that I talk about all the time. The Pasuk says, maain." He refused. Comes to the word Amein, Ma'en. He refused. I can't show it to you, but because you're too far away. But when we read the Torah, so there's what we call trap. Little things on top of the letters. I'm sure when you look at a Chumash, and that's the way the Chazan sings it. On the word Vayimayin, it's something called the Shalshelas. Shalshelas, you know, means a chain, but the reason they call it Shalshelas is because the trup on top of the word Vayimayin is a corkscrew. It's like this. It looks like a corkscrew. The trup sounds the following. I don't have a great voice, but the trup sounds the following. If you're reading it in the Torah, you read the word the following. Vayimayin. And, it's three times. It's a dead stop on the word. There's a lot of other truck like, Omer Hashem." So the words go together. It's a song, a uh, Omer stops you on the word, and it's sort of the Torah screaming at you. By my, everyone's listening. It stops. It doesn't move. You can't go forward. The word Vayimayin is screaming, he refused, he refused, he refused. That's the main word in this whole parasha of Ashtar Potiphar. But a chain connects two things. So the bottom of the chain is connected to the letter Mem, Vayimayin. The top is empty, it's floating. Where is it connected to? What's the chain connected to? So when I learned this many years ago, I said maybe there's another vayama'en in this week's parsha. If it's going to be connected to another word, it's going to be connected to the same word. And there is. Many Psukim before this pasik. When they took his coat and they came to his fa- their father to tell him that Yosef was dead, so they took Yosef's coat, they ripped it, they, they shechted a, a, a goat, they took the blood of the goat, and put it on the, on the jacket, and they came to their father, and they said, look what we found, and he said, oh my goodness, Yosef, tarach, tarach Yosef, it looks like Yosef died, and the Pasik says the following, he refused to be comforted, that's against the Torah, you can't refuse to be comforted. A person says, right, we come to be a Menachem Oval, he can't sit there and say, no, I don't accept it. I'm angry at Hashem. Part of a muna is to be comforted. So how could Yaakov say, I refuse to be comforted? Of all the people in the world that should have said, Gamzal Hashem only does things for your good. Hashem doesn't give you a test you can't pass. You've all heard all these answers. What right? The no, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no Shal Shalos it's, it's connected to Vayimoyen Yaakov it's not, it, it, I, did, I don't know the trouble I didn't look at it specifically but I was looking if it would have been another chain that would have been amazing but if it would have been another chain that meant the top of that chain would be missing a connection so listen to this so the, somehow the Vayimoyen of Yosef the refusal of Yosef is connected to the refusal of Yaakov now, we all know, everyone here learned the Rashi, that he was about to do the sin, and he was a little out of control, and he saw k'unu Shalaviv. He saw the image of his father, his blood got cold, and he ran for his life. That's not fair. Every time I do an Avera, my father doesn't show up. What happened to his Bechira? It was about to do an Avera, either you do it or you don't, but you know, like, what is this? His father, uh, 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 an image came flying like a ghost came into the room. Oh, uh-huh. if my father came into the room, I also would have ran out. That wasn't a decision of Yiddishkeit. His father walked in. Some beautiful turrets. And this is what my mother-in-law was trying to say. We know it's brought down that Yosef looked exactly like his father. Now there's a medrash, a very fascinating medrash that they were in the room together and she went over to the bed and she took a sheet and she covered the avodizara at the edge of the, she had an avodizara at the end of the bed, uh, an idol, and she covered it with the sheet. And Yosef HaTzadik said to her, what are you doing? And she said, we can't do this in front, of my, in front of my idol. And Yosef said, wow, you can cover your idol up with a sheet. My God, there is no sheet big enough to cover him up. And at that moment is when he walked away from her. And he went to a window. And in the reflection of the window, he actually saw himself. There was no magic. There was no ghost. He was looking at himself in the mirror, in the window. And he looked like the Kuno Shalavim. He looked like his father. And at that point he said, how can I do this? My father... Sacrificed his, his life. He said, In Love on I was by Love on for 21 years. I didn't do one Avera I fought Love on. I fought Asav I lost my wife. I, I, I fought Asav I ran away from of My whole life, I'm running away from everything. My daughter was raped. Dina was raped. I went through all this pain. All this pain. For what? said Yosef, that I should go ahead and do this Avera and all my father's struggles and everything he gave his life for, throw it out the window. No, I can't do that. Even if I don't think that that I'm a great person or that, that I shouldn't do this Avera, but for my father and for all the people in front of me, the Shalsheles, the connection, all the people... In the Holocaust, that died. Saying Shema Yisrael. All the people that were thrown into the fires of the Inquisition because they wouldn't be machal Shabbos. How could I text on Shabbos? All those people before me who gave their lives for Yiddishkeit. Forget about me. When a person looks at themselves, ladies, don't just see you. See all those before you. That made it possible for you to be here. And that's what stopped Yosef HaTzadik. In his tracks. And he ran out. But there's another thing I want to say. And I'm going to say this at the Yagodah Convention. in Metz Hashem on Sunday. And this is for parents. And for all of you, met Hashem, you'll be parents. Amen. It's a big bracha. Let's have a kid like me. I very much am into spiritual DNA. I've spoken about it many times. Because why did Yaakov refuse to be mitsnachim, It's an aveira. Why did he refuse to be comforted? Because Yaakov Avinu said the following I have a son, Yasef Hatzadek. I put 17 years into this kid. I taught him Torah. He's the son of my wife, Rachel. I refuse to give up on my son until you bring me a dead body. Bringing me a coat with blood, maybe, maybe it's the animal's blood, maybe someone else got killed. I am not giving up on my child until I know 100 million percent that he's dead. And there is no body here. You did not bring me Yosef's body. And therefore, he said, don't try to comfort me. I don't need comforting. He's not dead. I refuse to give up on my child. That somehow, that DNA in Yaakov Avinu, the refusal of giving up on a Jew, the refusal of giving up on a child, that DNA was in his son Yosef. And therefore, in Yosef, his soul was saying, Yosef, your father didn't give up on you. How could you give up on you? And that's how the two Vayimayens girls are connected to each other. You refuse to give up on me. I refuse to give up on me. Our kids have to know no matter what they're doing that their parents will never ever give up on them. Unless chas v'shalom, there's no life left. But if there's a breath And there's a spark and there's a life, you can't give up on a Jewish kid. Yaakov Avinu, who was the father of the 12 tribes, is telling every Jew, when they tell you, he's dead! She's off the Derech! Look, let me show you what she's wearing. It's a Kasainas costume with blood. She's wearing pants. She's got a tattoo. She's got more piercings in her face than than I don't know what. She's off the Derech. She's Machal Shabbos. She's going out with a guy. My mindless Nachem, Yaakov said. She's alive? She's got a Jewish soul? Refuse to give up. Never give up on a Jewish soul. This week's Parsha. Yaakov Avinu. And we see in the greatest test of all times, according to the Chidah, this was the war of the worlds. This was the Satan against Yesaid side is the basis, it's part of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. You side against the Satan, the war of the worlds. And what saved us from the Satan is the refusal to give up. You can never give up. That's this week's parasha. That's for every person in this room, and everyone who's watching this year, and every Jew has to know, because you can never give up. But there's another question, we're going to end with this thought. She bothered him every single day. Why did she give up? In this week's parasha, right, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she gives up, she runs outside and screams, This Jewish boy, he attacked me, he raped me. Why didn't she? Okay, he said no, he said no, he said no, he said no. Keep working on him till he breaks. Why did she give up, ladies? Now, you have to know how beautiful this guy was. He was so beautiful that she was sick. She was losing weight. She told her friends, they asked her, why are you are sick? She said, I'm sick because there's a Jewish boy that, our slave, he's so gorgeous. And they said, a Jewish, what are you talking about? There's no such thing. And she invited them to a party, and they, he was in the middle, and they put a, they, the girls sat around, and they had a knife with an estuary, because that's what they were eating, citrus. And they, they never saw such beauty. And when they were looking at him and gawking at him, instead of cutting the citrus, instead of cutting the estuary, they were cutting their fingers. And she turned around and said, there's blood running down your hands. Mishugam. You said he's not so beautiful, you just cut your fingertips off. That's how beautiful Yosef Hatzalik was. So, why did she give up? This is a very beautiful pasik. It says like this. Also, I, I just want, I, I forgot to say something very important. When, when he, when she's going back and forth with him, and, and we, I, I've spoken about this before, so when she kept bothering him, so he was talking to her, which was a big mistake. He should have never talked to her. By talking to her, he got himself into trouble, just like, Chava got herself into trouble. Now, how do we know that Yaakov Avinu, by the way, by the way, the Chidosh says that, that Yosef was actually part of Adam because we know from three weeks ago when I spoke to you that Yaakov Avinu was Adam and Rivka was Chava and she got Yaakov Avinu the bracha to make up for the klala that he got. So we know that Yaakov Avinu was Adam and we know that Yosef looked like Yaakov so it says that Yosef was part Adam so therefore this was really a war between Adam and his nemesis the Nachash. That's what's really. We don't have time to go into this. The deepness of of what this war was. That was that was actually the war. And when Potiphar when he told Potiphar's wife, I can't do anything with you. She said, Why not? He said, Two reasons. Number one, you're married. You're married. A married woman is an avera. Number two, you're a guy. So she said to him, as the Yitzhar always does. Facebook is not so bad because it does good things. So she had she had a good answer. And her answer was, I'm not married. Rashi says her husband Potiphar was gay. Therefore, by a non-Jew, the way, by a Jew, you can get married in three ways. A star, through a contract, through consummation, a physical consummation, or through a ring, which is called kesef. Kesef, shtaubiya. Those are the three ways that you can get. But by a non-Jew, we only recognize their marriage. By physical consummation. There's no ring. The ring doesn't mean anything. And the contract doesn't mean anything. By the physical consummation, if there's no physical consummation between the woman and the man, they're not married. So she said to Yosef, you're telling me that I'm a married woman. I'm not a married woman. You know that my husband bought you for the wrong things. He never consummated our marriage. We don't we don't physically, we're not physical with each other. Therefore, I'm still a single woman. So your reasoning that I'm a married woman goes out the door. Okay? He said, okay, I hear you. But, Hashem, you're a non-Jew. So she said, really? Let's go look if Hashem wants it or not. You know what? I'll accept whatever Hashem wants. And they went outside and they were she was an astrologer. Yosef knew the astrology because Yaakov taught it to him. He looked in the stars. The stars specifically said, from Potiphar's wife and Yosef will come to Tzadikim. So she said, here, your God arranges the stars. He's, He's writing that it's okay. So his excuses that he came with just got blown out the water. So she said, now let's go do the Avera your two answers, I was never married, and Hashem wants this to happen. And we know that, that what was the stars saying, because Asnas Bas Potifera, who ended up marrying Yosef, who she adopted, who was, we'll tell you at the end of the year, which will blow you away, which was Dina's daughter, right? So, in the end, Yosef had children with Asnas Bas Potifera. And we learn from here that if a person adopts a child, it's like their own child. And therefore, what they saw in the stars is that from potiphar's wife will come, will come, to Tzaddikim, yes, from Potiphar's wife who had a daughter named Osnas, who she adopted who married Yosef, came two children so it was true, just the translation wasn't very clear, so he got he got blown out of the water, now what does he do? now what does he tell her? he's stuck his two answers just went out the door do so you know what he tells her? look in the pussy. he tells her you're right, you're right but your husband or whatever you want to call him he has been so good to me, he gave me the keys to everything He treats me like a king. How could I hurt him? The stars say, I should marry you. I should be with you. Everything says I should be with you. My Yetzirah says, I should be with you. But the bottom line is, after everything you blew out, the man, that's the man of the house, who I work for, who has given me everything, how could I hurt the hand that feeds me? He says, The chatasi lelokim. kim that's the sin to God. Maybe I'm not doing an Avera, you're not married. Maybe I'm not doing an Avera because Hashem is showing that I'm supposed to have children from you. But the bottom line is, the greatest sin to God is a person who doesn't appreciate. And if I do this to this master, I'm a Kofototiv. And therefore, with all your reasoning, it goes out the door. You can't, I cannot hurt the one that took care of me. And there's a lot of Kivit of Ames speeches on this, and I'm not going to get into it, that your parents, no matter what you're going to say, no matter what they did to you, the bottom line is when you were a baby, they diapered you, they stayed up all night with you, they went to the doctors with you, they bought your clothing. Without them, you couldn't make it to the age that now that you hate them, and they're not giving you what you want, and you're talking bad about them, and you're not calling them, and you have to chip on your shoulder with them. But the bottom line is you're a cuffy toe you're a low-life. Because the bottom line is that the first 10 years of your life, they did everything for you. And your mother carried you and she threw up and she was nauseous and half the time her head was in the toilet and she had back pain and she went through labor and she gave birth to you. And then you say, shut up to your mother. Or you say, I'm not doing this. Chotasi lakim <laughs> says, that's the biggest sin. Forget about the sleeping with the woman. Forget about the guy. Forget about all that. He said to her, what's the biggest sin? Chotasi lakim how do I treat my master after he gave me everything? How do I do this to him? You hear? It's it of him. You got to think very carefully before a person answers back their parent. That's the chetas That's the biggest sin because that makes you a kafui tov. Even if stuff happened, you have to be very careful because Lameisa, he owes Potifah something. Potifah bored him because he was gay. He wanted to do terrible things with him. And since Joseph was in the house, Potiba became a billionaire. So Yosef should have said, I owe him something, he owes me everything. No. He bought me, he took care of me. I owe him. Even though because of me he became rich. Doesn't matter. I owe him. So in the end, very, very fascinating, which I've never said before. So he came to the house. There was nobody in the house because it was the birthday party of Paro. Listen carefully. But if she grabbed on to his clothing. Laimor saying, lay with me." Listen carefully to this; it's a very interesting posture. I never said this before. He left his clothing in her hand. Vayonas he ran. and he ran outside. listen carefully; it's very important to listen to the words. and it was Kirosa when she saw. Ki that he left his clothing in her hand. Vayanasachutz and he ran out. Vatikla Besa She called everyone. She said he raped me, and he was put into jail. What does that mean when she saw that he left the clothing in her hand? If he left the clothing in her hand, of course she saw that. And Labrius, and it doesn't say that she ripped his clothing. It says that he took it off. He took it off and. Gave his jacket into her hand. And when she saw that, she knew that her relationship with him is over. That no matter how much she's gonna bother him, it'll never happen. What is big dough? The big dough, the clothing of a person, is his chit'sainiyais. Is the outer, not his soul, but all the outer trappings. Your car, your clothing, your music, your internet, all that other stuff. We call them layers. When it comes to a person's soul, you have it's called layers. He got into trouble because of his big dough, because he was into the way he looked. He brushed his hair, he wore nice clothing, he was into the way he looked, and he realized that that's what caused him to be attacked by this Yetzahar by this woman. So he said, when he left her, he said, no more. He took off his outer clothing. This is, this is Kabbalah. What you see, he, didn't take, he didn't get undressed. That's not what happened here. He took off his outer layers that she had grabbed on. She grabbed on. Why does not it say she grabbed on to him? It doesn't say she grabbed on to him. The father says she grabbed on to his clothing. He, she grabbed on to Yosef. I, I need to know his clothing, his arm. You know, you don't play tackle football. But we had a guy when we were playing tackle football. We could not catch this guy. Nobody could tackle him. Until we came up with the idea, forget about trying to tackle him. Grab on to his jersey, to his shirt. And then once you grab onto his jersey, th- pull him down from that. Because you're going to try to grab onto his arms and legs. He was too fast. And we, we realized that. And then he used to tuck his jersey in his pants to make it hard to grab on. Because most guys wear their jerseys out. And, and, and he realized that if we can grab onto his jersey, the jersey is connected to him. So by, by grabbing onto the jersey, we're going to get him. Yosef HaTzad came to realization the last moment that all my chitzayni is, is how she's getting me. She can't get my soul. But if she grabs on to my weaknesses, she'll get everything. So he took off his layers. He took off his TV and his movies and his DVD and his non-Jewish music and his Facebook and his internet and all the outer layers that the Yetzirah uses to get you. Many girls, many women, many men, their soul is so strong, you can't get them. But if he gets your jacket and he gets your shirt and he gets your outside, then through that he tackles you and he brings you down. So on the internet, he can't get me because I don't have a jersey word that says internet. So he can't get me to look at pictures on the internet. I don't have it. I don't have Facebook. I don't have a Blackberry. So I have a regular phone. He can't get me. He can get me to other things. But there's no jersey there. Yosef Atsadik said, I'm done with the Chitzainias. He took off his Chitzainias. He said, it's yours, darling. You're, you're the Sahara. You own Chitzainias. I don't want it anymore. And when she realized... That's, that's what she had in her hand. She no longer had him. Because guess what? When you got, when you grab the guy's jersey, if he's able to get out of his jersey, he keeps running. If you grab him by my jacket and I get out of my jacket, I'm out of here. So the Yetzihara, who was Potipa's wife, realized, oh my goodness, he gave me his Chitanius. There's nothing else I can grab on. You say I can't grab on. And that's when she said, I'm holding his chitzinius and I can't hold his penis. I can't hold his inside. I only have his outside. I can't get him. And she went outside and said, "He raped me. He attacked me. Put him in jail. Kill him." And and that's it. Because when the eitzaher loses, he was like, "Okay, I can't get him anymore." So I asked my boys last night a favor, and I'm asking you tonight, and everyone who's watching in Montreal. I hope you're not in the middle of a snowstorm. We all have layers. We all have layers on our souls. Layers of stuff we shouldn't be doing. I can't tell you to take all the layers off at one time. But after tonight's share find something. Whether it's movies or your music or provocative dressing. Whatever it is, one of the things, one of your articles of, of clothing, of chitziniest clothing. Just find one and leave it on the table tonight. Say, so this piece, this thing, I'm not doing anymore. Leave it in his hands. In the Yitzhahar's hands. Just like Yosef HaTzadik did. Because because everyone in this room, everyone listening to this share, refuses to give up on themselves. I'm not talking about refuse to give up on everyone else. The first one you have to refuse to give up is on yourself. Don't try to comfort me uh, like my mother-in-law. The Holocaust, I'm going further. I'm making a family. I'm going to have children and grandchildren. I'm not going to turn around and feel sorry for myself. My is not Nachem, I'm not going to make myself feel good. I'm a Nebuch, I want you to feel sorry. She couldn't believe that the kids that I have in my school were smoking on Shabbos. It killed her. After so many Jews died in the Holocaust, and in so many times we died because of Shabbos. Look at the story of Hanukkah. They burnt in a cave. They told not come out, the Greeks. Come out and be Mechal Shabbos. We'll let you live. Not one Jew came out. They took trees. They took trees and they burnt those trees at the front of the cave and the smoke inhalation killed 600 women and children. And they died from smoke. And now our children are smoking on Shabbos. That's what we're doing. That's the Mida. our parents died from smoke on Shabbos and now we're smoking on Shabbos and we're texting on Shabbos dikuno aviv. stop looking at yourselves look where you come from look at the suffering that the Jewish nation had all these years to get us here don't see yourself in the mirror see dikuno aviv. see the reflection of our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents and the end an amazing thing In the Yalkut Shimoni, it says that after she screamed that Yosef raped her, they made a Bezdin. You rape the wife of a minister, you don't get thrown into jail. You get hung. There's no throwing into jail. Why did they just take Yosef and throw him into jail? She claimed that he attacked her. This was the wife of the Sar HaTabachim, of, of a minister. So the Alkit Shimoni says that Osnasbaz Potifera went to Potifera, the husband and said I was home and I'm your daughter, your adopted daughter the truth is he never touched her the truth is she's been after him from day one and Potiphar said well I can't ashamed my wife I can't embarrass my wife that she's the bad one. On the other hand, I can't kill an innocent boy. So, we're going to throw him into jail. So, who saved Yosef at everybody? Asnasbaz Poitifera. Who was Asnasbaz Poitifera? The daughter of Dina. Who was Dina? You ready for this? Leah was pregnant with her seventh child. When she was pregnant with her seventh child, she was supposed to have the seventh sheve. If she were to have seven, and each one of the shivchas already had two, which was four is eleven, there's only going to be twelve, that meant that Rachel Yemenu would have one. Leah seven, Bilah two, Zilpah two, Rachel one. She said to Hashem, it's bad enough Rachel doesn't have as many children as me, but how could my sister have less less than the maidservants? So she said, I know I'm supposed to have a boy. Change it to a girl. And it says that the womb of Rachel and the womb of Leah switched. Yosef was in Leah's womb. Dina was in Rachel's womb. And they were switched because of Leah's prayer. In the end, Dina's daughter saved Yosef. The daughter, Osnas Bas Potifar, was Dina's daughter. So Dina's daughter, in the most terrible story of being attacked by Shechem and having a child, and that child being sent to Mitzrayim with an amulet, right, that Yaakov wrote, in the end, the sacrifice that Leah made ended up saving Yosef. She was the one who told Potifar the truth, that it wasn't really Yosef, says the Yalkut Shemarni. We see from here that we don't understand the ways of Hashem, because if we didn't see the story till now, it would look like I don't understand. Dina did, uh, Leah did the right thing. How could this happen to Dina? This happened to Dina, and because this happened to Dina, there was a little baby, and this little baby ended up saving Yosef. Yosef would have been a dead man, and Yisoid would have been destroyed, and the whole Gilgulim and fixing of Mitzrayim would have never happened, and Klai would have never gotten out. So Leah by worrying about her sister that her sister shouldn't be embarrassed just like Rachel was worried about her sister that her sister shouldn't be embarrassed and that's why she gave the simonim because she was worried about her sister and she made this change it ended up saving Yosef and without Yosef there would be no Mashiach ben Yosef says the Chida, and without Mashiach ben Yosef there would be no Mashiach ben David so what's bringing Mashiach ben David a woman's feelings for her sister that her sister shouldn't be embarrassed and in turn her other sister Felt the same way that her sister should be embarrassed and only have one child. And that's what's going to bring Mashiach ben Yosef, the Ben Adam the, Chaveiro, the sisters getting along with each other, not talking Lashon but just the opposite, worrying about their friend's feelings and their friend's behavior and worrying about their parents. And in the end, that's what saved Yosef Hatzadik, Mashiach ben Yosef, Moshiach ben David, which finally brings the Geula and takes all the him, all the shards of Adam and fills in his heel. And once his heel is filled in, Adam will stand again and we'll see him in Mashiach, one You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.